Welcome to Freedom to Retire with Jim Cipriotti, powered by Retire Ready Financial Group. You got to be prepared. If you're not prepared and you have too much risk, you may make some adverse choices. And so you need to have a plan because the downturns are going to happen. Jim Cipriotti has been helping people in the greater Philadelphia and South New Jersey areas reach their retirement goals for over two decades. We just want to make sure we're not too aggressive, not too conservative either. We want that nice mix. And that's what I help my clients with every single day. Now, freedom to retire. There's a new survey uh, that shows inflation has been stoking fear among those that are nearing or actually in retirement already among pre-retirees. 70% worry they're going to run out of money while just over half the people already in retirement, they share the same fear, which I think puts the spotlight on generating income, which is something an annuity can do. Yet that same study says the role that annuities play in retirement planning, it's one that's that's perhaps misunderstood. Why is well, this? Look- yeah, Chris. I mean, the, you know, when it comes to planning for our retirement, absolutely, we we need to to have uh, uh, income coming in. We need to have that that monthly income, and we need to know where it's going to be coming from. We need it from a secure source. Uh, sure, we're going to have Social Security coming in. We're going to have maybe some people have pensions, but you know, they're a little bit more rare these days. So that leaves us with needing to collect some income each and every month from our investments, like our four hundred one ks and IRAs. And I was just reading an article. It was published on investmentnews.com. Um, and the title of the article was, quote, half of Americans not confident in their retirement plans. Hmm. And to me, that's a pretty large percentage of Americans. I, I mean, if I was a betting man, I would put money on the likelihood that the 50% who are confident in the retirement, they either A, have millions and millions of dollars saved <laughs> or... They're probably very confident because they have sizable pensions mm-hmm. where they're able to collect income of maybe 60,000, 80,000, 100 grand per year uh, from a nice solid pension. But what about the rest of us who, who don't fall into either of those categories? And I, I can tell you personally that I don't have a pension and I know that 90% of today's listeners probably don't have monthly pensions, but Instead of having pensions, you know, our money is saved up in these IRAs and 401ks. And we're, we're essentially relying and putting all of our faith into a, a very unstable stock market and bond market to provide for us. And look, I've been a licensed professional since 1998. And I've been through the 2000 through 2002 uh, market decline. And I've also been through the 2008 disaster. And when folks were trying to pull money, out of their mutual funds uh, from their 401ks during these disasters in order to pay bills for their retirement. I've, I can tell you, I've personally witnessed people who, who retired in their early 60s and literally ran out of money by the time they were in their mid-70s. And this was because of a combination of, of market declines as well as the withdrawals mm-hmm. that people needed to take because they needed to continue to pay their bills. So it, it just begs the question, how can we learn from maybe the hardships that others before us have faced so that we have a better chance of it not happening all over again to us, Chris. You know, that saying goes, those who don't learn from history are, are doomed to repeat it. I remember the 2008 crash. I know exactly where I was. I was in Atlanta, pretty pretty young in my career. And, and for me, I was like, I know this isn't good, but I've got time on my side to recoup. But over there in the corner offices where the senior execs were, it was a different tale because they were getting close to retire and uh, something tells me, I didn't know their business, but something tells me that, you know, they didn't have money tucked away, protected from the market, and they were relying on those those gains. And so 
you know, here we all are now older and wiser and, and, you know, if not learning from others, what, what should we have learned from what we experienced ourselves? Yeah, exactly. And people at those, uh, you know, mid sixties going on to late sixties, seventies don't have many, many years to, to, you know, wait to just recover what they lost. And, and look, we all want to give ourselves the best possible chance of making our money last throughout our retirement. Uh, especially considering how long people are living nowadays. I mean, Many of us have had family members that uh, have lived into their mid 80s, late 80s, uh, even 90s. I know I have. Uh, and, and especially a lot of the Italians who are listening right now know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, my grandparents swore it was something in the olive oil. Um, but anyways, you know, look, if we were to go onto Google and, and just type in this simple phrase, how much should I be pulling from my 401k or IRA once I'm retired? Uh, you're going to get millions of different search results and just go 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 look at the answer just scroll down and, and see what they say um, mostly all of the recommendations um, are, are to pull out four percent per year it's kind of like a like a rule of thumb as they call it and sometimes people are a little bit bummed out when they do the math and, and they they say to me jim geez i got a half a million bucks saved but four percent is only twenty thousand per year so there are situations where, you know, if folks would like to have more income um, and maybe a more stable structure than what the stock market can provide, then this is when we start looking into income producing annuities from top rated. We're talking about A plus rated companies or, or, or better with strong reputations that have been around 100 years, you know, those types. And what we do is we diversify your portfolio so that you have a portion of your assets in these income producing annuities. And that can also, um, you know, makes you, uh, gives you the ability to leave still the, the bulk of the money or a large portion in the mutual funds and ETFs mm. because they're good too, because they provide plenty of liquidity. And, and sometimes people say to me, well, Jim, look, I don't know. I just, I just keep hearing that annuities are bad. Uh, and my broker said I should always stay away from annuities. And many of these big brokerage firms, just so everyone knows, they would much rather charge you an annual advisory fee uh, so that you know more money can potentially go into their pocket instead of in the annuity. They, the, the annuities are the competition for those folks. So of course, the advisor over there is going to suggest staying away from annuities because you know everyone kind of talks down about who they're competing with. Um, but think about it. If the advisor is charging you a, a 1% fee, and let's go back to that 60-40, that cookie-cutter mix that a lot of people have. Uh, and let's say the advisor has 40% of your money in these bond funds that are earning a paltry, maybe like a 1% to 2% average per year. That means that 40% of your money is earning interest a tiny bit, but it's immediately being consumed right away by the financial advisor who's siphoning it right out of your account. So that means the other 60% of your money. That's the one, that's the portion that's maybe earning these stock related returns. Um, you know, and that's where a lot of people have seen most of their growth, not from these, that 40%, that 60 40 mix is not working uh, as it used to. And look, if the markets were to have another major downturn, you can see, uh, you know, how, how folks were just literally running out of money, uh, in the past. So meanwhile, you know, if you have a portion of your, of your money in the annuity, Let's say it's also charging a 1% fee because it is providing monthly income, the promise of monthly income from the company for the rest of your life. 
uh, and never running out of the income, as long as you adhere to the to the structure of the annuity, um, you know, there's not much to not like about that. Um, and we we know that your broker is not going to reach into his or her own pocket to provide you with income if the market goes south. I mean, if that balance runs down to, to zero, they're not going to be sending you a check from their bank account. The, the annuity company, they typically make the promise to you that, yes, they will reach into their own pocket to continue paying you the monthly income, even if your balance in the annuity goes all the way down to a zero. And unlike that 4% that we were talking about earlier, that's, that's the general guide for you to pull from your 401k mutual funds, um, the, that's the percentage um, that you're supposed to pull. Well, meanwhile, the percentage of income that you can typically receive from an annuity cannot be in that 4%. Typically, it's in the 7%, 8%, even 9% range, depending on how old you are when you get into the annuity. And with that extra income, that can go a long way towards making sure you're able to stay comfortable in your home and to maybe be able to afford the, the property taxes. We all know they go up a bit each year in, in your home currently. And healthcare expenses, don't forget about those that might pop up in your 70s, 80s, and beyond. Uh, the extra income also goes to help out with your car payments. I mean, the list goes on. So bottom line, if you're listening right now and you're thinking to yourself, uh, you know what? I, I really need to start looking uh, for how I'm going to generate some cash flow when I'm retired. Or if you're listening and you're thinking, geez, I'm already newly retired, um, uh, you know, but I'd like to increase my cash flow potentially and I'd like to look at ways to do that. Grab your phone right now. Give my office a call and someone from my team will take down your name and number and they'll set up a time for you and I to chat later this week. And I'd be happy to run some figures for you, you know, just to get to know your situation and answer your questions, all complimentary. And it's the calls with me personally. So the number to call, 610-894-7415. That's 610-894-7415. And th this is quite timely when you think about it too, because these annuity payout rates, they're the highest I remember seeing them in the past 25 years that I've been in the financial industry. So this is a great, great time to, to lock these in uh, while they're available. So the number to call once again, 610-894-7415, Chris. If you share the the number one fear among all retirees and pre-retirees, that is outliving your money. I think this is a conversation certainly worth having. Again, I want to remind you, this is not a conversation. You're not going to get into all the nuts and bolts with this call right now. We know it's the weekend. We know it's a busy time. You're going to speak to someone on Jim's team. Uh, make an appointment for the coming weeks, uh, but it could be some of the most valuable time you spend this weekend on the road towards your retirement. 610-894-7415, the website, uh, retirereadyfg.com. There is a list, Jim, I don't know if you've seen this, going viral of the places that women refuse to visit on a first date. Some of the spots make sense, you know, fast food chain, family function. It's a lot. Uh, that is a lot. But the list also includes a bar just for drinks or bowling or Starbucks. Some see these as red flags that the date is going to be high maintenance. Uh, so <laughs> let's not delve on that as a newly married man. Don't want to get you in trouble here. Uh, what red flags have your clients experienced with other advisors that made them call you for a second opinion? Yeah. I mean, look, I, I've been doing this, like I said earlier, for 25 years, Chris. And I can say um, that there are a whole bunch of various reasons that people have reached out to me when I ask them. Uh, and, and there's uh, definitely just, a, I would say, a concentrated handful of very common reasons 
uh, that are that are really f- flooding into my mind right now. So, look, I've had situations where people have been working with an advisor for many, many years, uh, but things happen. Life changes. Sometimes the financial advisor has since retired. Um, maybe they're only working. Uh, the advisor is only working a couple hours a week. Maybe they're on the golf course the other half of the week, or maybe they're just impossible to get in touch with. I've heard all the, of those situations. Um, it, it maybe the advisor is having different people take over the company, mm-hmm. um, and the client isn't too fond of the new people that are supposed to be taking over the account. I've had that happen. Um, and other times I, I've heard people just frustrated that every time they call their advisor to ask a question, maybe the advisor just wants to sell them something new. Oh, no. And often people feel, you know, there's some kind of pressure there. It's it's an uneasiness, we'll say. So instead of dealing with the pressure, uh, the client would rather not speak to the advisor at all. And I've uh, that's no no fun. Um, and look, there's there's also something like, you know, just to point this out about our industry in general, there's there's something like a 99% failure rate for financial advisors, where 99% of financial advisors, uh, well, let's say 99 out of 100. Don't make it past the 10 year mark. And think about that for a second. You, you really have to, you know, in this industry, you really have to know your stuff and you have to truly demonstrate that you are on the client's side uh, in terms of always acting in their best interest uh, to, to, to really make it and thrive in this business. Um, so the 99% of financial advisors who are failing, the ones who are not making it past the 10 year mark, you can imagine how many clients got passed around, shuffled around from advisor to advisor, um, and clients not being able to establish a solid relationship with, you know, a, a, you know, a nice, strong, top-notch advisor. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and look, another common reason I'm, that's coming to mind that people have reached out to me in the past is because uh, they feel like they're not getting clear answers from their current advisor. Uh, like when the client asks uh, the advisor, you know, what they're paying in fees, and the advisor answers with some vague, you know, sort of, um, you know, some vague answer. It doesn't really make much sense. You know, just tell me what I'm paying. Uh, it's, and oftentimes clients get frustrated with that. You know, just clients, oh, they're, they're owed the truth. They're owed some transparency. Um, and I don't feel like clients should have to beg for answers like that, Chris. No, and, and you know, it, it uh, ties into, it reminds me of the Hippocratic Oath that doctors take, you know, first do no harm. It's not first do no harm unless a drug rep recommends X, Y, or Z. It's the same sort of thing with, with you know, uh, the standards that you hold yourself with. You're not going to recommend something that you don't think is going to work in the client's best interest. That is, that is called the, the, the fiduciary standard, working in the client's best interest. That's what you hold yourself to. Um, uh, I think you're legally obligated to, right? And, and it's, a, mm-hmm. it's a very serious thing and probably one of the things that people should look for first. But there's plenty of red flags out there, I think, when it comes to, to picking a, a financial professional, right? Yeah, there's quite a few. And, and look, speaking of fees, like we just were, it, I've been talking to um, a large number of folks uh, lately who have been calling into the show because when I um, when I mention how financial advisors are getting paid these fees, whether your account makes money or not, um, they're still getting paid. For example, if your advisor is charging you, let's say, a 1% fee, and a lot of pe- people are getting charged one and a half, even more. But if you're getting charged, say, 1%, the advisor is getting paid that 1% regardless of whether you make 15% that year or whether you make 2% that year. Uh, they're even getting paid that 1% fee if you lose money that year in many cases. So there really isn't that much incentive for the advisor to make 
proactive changes to your portfolio because that advisor is getting paid regardless of the turnout. Mm -hmm. So that's why so many folks will ask their advisor, Hey, what should I, what should I do? The, I saw this on the news and, and I'm reading this on the, uh, on the newspapers and the advisor will reply with something like, well, let's just stay the course. And if they're saying to stay the course and that phrase uh, to maybe a few of their clients each day who are calling in, that gives the financial advisor more time to go out and find new clients because they're not proactively making any changes. So you can see how the, the financial advisor might be working towards what's in his or her own best interest yep. instead of yours. And, you know, just another example, we, we've been talking about how some people have those, that 40% of their money in bonds, which if you can tell drives me absolutely nuts. <laughs> and these bond funds, um, they've been averaging that one to 2% per year over the past five and 10 years. And we're talking about these big bond funds, like the ones offered through Vanguard, Fidelity, TIAA, and the like. And, and now we have available these fixed rate instruments uh, that can offer investors in the 5% to the 6% range with no annual advisory fee being deducted from your money. So it puzzles me. It drives me up a wall to think about how some financial advisors can be claiming to be a fiduciary and acting in their client's best interest, how those advisors can look the client in the eye and tell them that they should be in those bond funds that have been averaging 2% interest while the advisor is pulling back 1% of the 2% in the form of a fee, which is leaving the investor with just 1% on 40% of their money. Meanwhile, if that same client would have just taken advantage of the, these fixed interest rates in these vehicles, like their CDs out there, uh, there's fixed rate annuities. Um, they're the ones with no annual fee, by the way. Many of these are, are offering between that five and 6% range. Uh, and if that was the case, the client would have ended up with much more money in their pocket, most likely, uh, you know, a few years from now to use towards their retirement expenses. I mean, let's, let's just do some quick math together. It's easy math. If you have 400 grand and it's earning in these bonds uh, funds and it's earning 2%, but really remember actually only earning 1% because the advisor's taking the 1% out. Then after five years, your $400,000 would be worth roughly 420,000. And on the flip side of that coin, if that same 400,000 was invested at 6%, over the next five years with no advisory fees coming out of your account, which by the way, those rates are available nowadays, then your balance from that 400,000 would be around 535,000. Mm. So that's an additional $115,000 of interest we're talking about here. And those are the types of things I help my clients with every day. So if you have underperforming investments in IRAs and or 401ks, um, you can roll those monies over completely tax free. And, and the paperwork to do it takes about five, 10 minutes uh, to complete. Oftentimes you could do it right over a Zoom on a video conference. So you don't even have to leave your home or office. So there's really no excuse for investors to be falling off track nowadays with these underperforming investments. So if you feel like your, your investments really haven't been growing that much over the past couple of years, or if you've been working with a financial advisor, even for a long time. And, and hey, even if you've become friends with that financial advisor, you had them over for dinner, maybe you went out to eat and you know, you feel kind of friendly. <laughs> it, don't feel, 
uh, you know, like you need to stay with the advisor. If your investments have not been up to par lately, we don't want to waste valuable time because it may be costing you money. Look, at the end of the day, your nest egg is going to be the most important component to allow you to purchase the things you want and need throughout retirement. So we need to stop worrying that we're going to hurt a financial advisor's feelings if we leave them. Uh, so look, the number to call right now, if you'd like a second opinion from me personally, with my 25 years of experience, and yes, I'm also an accredited investment fiduciary, call my office now. Someone will, uh, will take down your name and number. They'll set up a time for us to chat later this week. Um, and the number to call right now, 610-894-7415. Again, 610-894-7415. And this is especially good timing because we know uh, that these interest rates that are very high right now. They're probably not going to, to last. So uh, the phone call or, or meeting with me, you can come into my Radnor office uh, or wherever it's uh, convenient. So we could do a Zoom conference, but it all starts with a quick call to get on my calendar. It will be with me personally, completely complimentary. There's no expectations, by the way, of you making any changes just by calling me. It's just a chat. So once again, the number 610-894-7415, Chris. And if your current financial professional has been, you know, telling you to just stay the course or in fact, you know, hard to get in touch with uh, as of late, especially, you know, if you have questions about things, why not reach out to Jim and, you know, just get that that second opinion again, no cost, no obligation, uh, worth worth taking the time, I think. 610-894-7415. You can also go online to the website, retirereadyfg.com. No matter what age you are, there are always others in your generation that uh, make the same financial mistakes. An article that I read, Jim said, it's because they are following certain assumptions. Let's let's put your 25 years of experience here to 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 t test. Uh, what are some of the common mistakes you've noticed and, and how can you help prevent them? Yeah. And there, look, there's 20 year olds making mistakes. There's 40 year olds making mistakes. But this is such a great question, uh, Chris, because I, I do I, I find myself getting a lot of the same questions uh, from folks. Uh, so this is just a, a really great opportunity to, to share my thoughts on a, on a couple of these topics, because I'm sure a lot of people listening have the same questions uh, as the ones that I've been asked recently. And one of the most common questions I'm getting recently is as people are approaching their uh, retirement, they want to know if they should pay off their mortgage. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these Dave Ramsey's of the world telling people to get rid of all of the debt, um, you know, giving out blanket advice like that, I think is not always the, uh, the best because look, we, a lot of people, we uh, want to get their mortgage gone. In the rearview mirror, uh, by the time they retire, it's kind of like a, a milestone moment. And I totally understand that. Um, you know, a lot of people say to themselves, I, Jim, I want to be debt free by the time I retire. And in most cases, I would agree that it's a healthy approach, of course. Uh, and a lot of people, you know, not just Dave Ramsey, but a lot of others are talking about the importance of getting rid of the debt. But look, we have to take into account also the current economic cycle that we're kind of living through. Um, we have the ability now to get 5.3% interest in, in places like a Vanguard or a Fidelity money market with 100% liquidity. We can open the account on a Monday, cash it out on a Tuesday. So I don't, I don't see the math uh, behind paying off a, maybe a 3% interest rate mortgage um, where that interest, don't forget, is tax deductible and then using money to, to pay that 3% where you, where you could be earning maybe 5.3% instead on that same, you know, bundle of money. Um, so 
doesn't make a lot of sense. Another question I'm asked frequently is whether it makes sense to move to a different state to be able to maybe save money on taxes, uh, et cetera. So, mm-hmm. and now a lot of people from up here, up in the north, we're, we're eyeing up places like, uh, like Florida, especially, you know, Miami, Phoenix, uh, Arizona, Tampa. Um, you know, you have to take into account also real estate prices down there. Oh my goodness. I don't know if anyone shopping around down there knows what I'm talking about. They really haven't cooled off that much. So yeah, you might save some money on income taxes, but you might be paying out the nose uh, for the not only the price of the house, but you're going to be stuck with high property taxes uh, once you move in. So we need to take everything into account before we pull the trigger on on physically moving uh, to a different state. And, and you know, we're we're talking about you know potential mistakes with our money. I, I've seen parents that have completely drained down their retirement accounts in order to pay for their kids' college tuition. Oh. And, and look, if you really want to help out with some of the college costs, uh, I, I get it. Fine. Uh, go for it. But don't do it at the expense of jeopardizing your own financial security throughout your retirement. Uh, your, your, your kid's 18 years old. He or she has a lifetime to, to pay back that, those student loans. And yes, they're high and those expenses, uh, but think about you. You you might only have about ten years of work left mm-hmm. in you to to replenish those accounts, and often ten years is not enough time to to recover and replenish. Chris, you know, there's a lot to you know looking at the actual cost of things. You know, like you mentioned, you know, uh, there's a lot of merit to being debt free, whether that is not having a mortgage or you know not having student loans for your kids. But but time is a factor, and the actual cost it, it could be more than it just seems like conceptually. Again, you know what they say about assuming, making these assumptions. Uh, what are some other things that, that, that people, you know, you, you've seen uh, commonly, they, they come in and ask you and, and they find out that that is actually not going to be the case? Yeah, I mean, there's there's quite a few. And I, actually, this is a, a great tie-in because one of the things that I wanted to talk about on today's show is how the market has such a, has a, a sweet rebound mm-hmm. over the past two weeks. And anybody with a 401k or, or mutual funds linked to the market, stocks, um, everyone listening now knows exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but what we need to do, we need to take a step further uh, to, to really interpret what just happened over the past two weeks. And it looks like it could be great news for the market, uh, which is that the Fed is is highly likely to be done with raising interest, or at least significantly. You know, they might raise them a tiny bit in the coming months, but the bulk of the interest rate hikes look like they've already taken place. So the market... Um, uh, erupted ecstatically about that. So how can we how can we um, use this to our advantage, and how can we best take it? Uh, you know, you know, just t- tie in this news to help out with our own finances. Well, what I like to do, I, I like to think back to the early 1980s uh, when we had very very high interest rates, right? And we've all heard the success stories of people who locked in those high interest rates for a long period of time, mm-hmm. and they were able to grow their money substantially without risking their money in the stock market either. And just to put this into perspective, um, coming to mind, I, I met a woman years ago who insisted, insisted on having all of her money in these short-term rates. Her name was Sally. So in, in my head, I remembered her as um, short-term Sally. <laughs> and, it, and, sh- and short-term Sally, what she would do, she would bounce around from these one-month CDs. She would get like three-month CDs, um, three-month treasuries, she was afraid to commit. Why? 
because she thought rates were going to go up more. Jim, I don't want to tie it up. What if they go up more? Mm. And in fact, as sweet of a woman as she was, her financial radar, just like a lot of our financial radars and our crystal balls, hers was just broken, uh, her crystal ball, because most of the time the rates would go down. Um, uh, so that when her three, her three month rates were about to renew, she was stuck with an even lower rate. And a couple of years ago, also on the flip side of that coin, I met with another guy who shared with me how he locked in um, a 10-year CD at the bank. Uh, and he also put money in a 10-year fixed rate annuity um, back in the early 1980s. And those annuities, the fixed rate ones, they're the ones with the no annual fees. I want to make that clear. Um, his name was Larry. So on my head, his name stuck in my head as long-term Larry. <laughs> and long-term Larry, yeah, he took that, he took a sizable amount of money. He locked in the 10-year rates and they paid him 11.5% interest per year back then with no risk in the stock market. Wow. And look, interest rates, I get it. They're not as high as they were back in the early 1980s, but they are without question some of the highest they've been in the past 20 years. So what I would suggest to my, my listeners here on 1210 is that if the stock market is right with this big surge that we saw, and if the Fed is pretty much through with raising interest rates, you know, substantially anyway, then now, right now, is the time to consider locking in these abnormally high interest rates, you know, for several years. And we all remember how how low interest, you know, they were in the one percent range uh, for pretty much the past decade. Think about it. And now we can get in the six percent range. So we don't want to be a short-term Sally no. in this situation because she's going to be singing the blues when when interest rates go down again. If she thinks they're going to keep going up and then she misses out, let's put it this way. The money she, by waiting a little bit longer and not having her money invested in these better rates now, she, you know, she'd be breaking even anyway. So don't be focused so much on these short-term rates. I have so many people, well, Jim, a nine-month CD was paying me five and I don't care because the, the rate is going to be lousy again <laughs> next year. Then you're going to see, be singing the blues just like short-term Sally. So we're talking about for a portion of your retirement savings. We're not saying dump everything into these rates mm -hmm. for long-term. But yeah, for a portion, small portion, yeah, set yourself up. Try to get that big win. Once inflation begins to subside, you'll still have those uh, those nice interest rates coming in. And it's time like this, you know, that, that interest rates when they seem to have plateaued or maybe likely to be declining, then the, you know, the long-term Larrys of the world, they're likely to be the winners. And if, if you have a substantial amount of your money in, in, in your 401k, uh, a lot of city workers have that deferred comp with Nationwide. I've seen your stable value fund. It's in the twos, that deferred comp with the city. Um, uh, Voya uh, 401k, Schwab, Vanguard, Fidelity, you name it. You don't want to be missing the boat on this because you could be right back to those 1% rates for the next several years of your life. So what I suggest is just giving my office a call, call right now, and we could chat, not right now, but we'll set up a time later this week to chat about a possible game plan for you. The number to call right now is 610-894-7415. That's 610-894-7415. And this is especially for the people that have a substantial amount of money built up, uh, geez, in the banks, 
in these stable value funds in your 401ks, um, or even people with that 40% of their money in the, in the bonds, that 60, 40 mix. Now is the time to look into potentially locking in these higher interest rates before they go away. Because you know you need to make a move at some point. Uh, a lot of the folks sitting on the sidelines, you can't sit in those stable funds for the rest of your retirement. You're not even going to keep up with inflation. Mm -hmm. So now's a great time to just start getting some more information on this. And I can help you with that. So give my office a call right now. The number 610-894-7415. And someone from my team is going to just take down your name and number. And they're going to set up a time for us to chat later this week, Chris. Because I think regardless of what you want to do in retirement, the last thing that anybody wants to be out there is a cautionary tale for other people, whether it is, you know, uh, you know, people your age or, you know, heaven forbid, uh, on, on, on a radio show. Uh, so give a call and, and see, you know, what can be done to, to make sure that you, know, your retirement, uh, stands the test of time. 610-894-7415 online, retireadyfg.com. The name of the show is, of course, Freedom to Retire. That's the goal. Make sure that you do retire and hopefully, if you want to, to stay retired. You would think that if people are delaying or reversing their retirement, it would be because of money. But a recent survey actually begs to differ. It found that half the people wanted to continue the intellectual stimulation that comes from working, and another third said they don't want to feel a lack of purpose. So I have to wonder, Jim, have you come across this with some of your clients? Oh, gosh, I, I've run into all different types of reasons why people want, yeah, want to continue working. But many of the reasons seem to be quite similar from person to person mm -hmm. when I really think about it. And look, when we were younger, let's go back in time, like in 20s and 30s, uh, we often dreamt about retiring when we're still nice and young. Let's say, oh, I want to retire when I'm 55. But then what happened? 55 quickly comes and here you are, you know, working, but you're kind of enjoying what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 20 year old you would have really uh, scratched your head about that. <laughs> uh, and look, I know there's a lot of business owners out there who listen to our show. Uh, and uh, listen here on 1210. And they've often built a business from scratch. And the business is typically doing well when the owner is in their 50s or 60s. So it's difficult just to close up the shop and walk away from everything that took years and years to build and to fine tune. And then there's other folks, um, like folks in law enforcement, uh, teachers, union workers. Uh, and yeah, they get these nice pensions and other incentives like the drop program, which I'm very familiar with. Um, so, you know, they, they're normally cut loose from works as early as in their mid fifties or to their late fifties, but they have decent pensions and retirement accounts to kind of get them through retirement. But what I found is that even those folks who do retire young and have the pensions, they are also doing what they're going back to work. Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, they switching careers completely. And why are they doing that? Uh, because oftentimes they just don't want to go home and sit on the couch all day and, and turn into a vegetable. And look, let's face it, the people listening right now, pe the people that listen in general to 1210 WPHT, for the most part, they have been hard working Americans their whole life. We, we who listen to this station, we don't sit back on our rear ends and wait around for government handouts. Those folks listen to different radio stations, and I'm not going to name names, <laughs> but folks listening to 1210, um, we're the people waking up at 5 a.m. in the morning, putting in a solid day's work each and every day without whining or complaining about it, and uh, we're the contributing members to society. 
Uh, and, and once retirement comes around, you better believe that 1210 WPHT listeners would like to still be contributing members to our community, Chris. You know, th- that, that is a certain thing as well, having a sense of purpose. Uh, you know, uh, you mentioned, and, and I think I've told this story before, my father did 23 years in the Army, you know, uh, uh, very thankful for that. Uh, and then once he retired, this is about 30 years ago, he didn't know what he was going to do. And so he did, in fact, just sit on the couch for like a year and a half or, or what have you. And then uh, my mom basically told him, you know, you got to go back to work. And so he did, you know, civilian contractor. Now he is retired again, but he still finds purpose by working part time uh, at, at the church down, down in Atlanta. And that is what he does to keep himself intellectually stimulated and also uh, I think out of my mom's mom's hair. So, you know, finding something to do is, is what is important. And, and we hope that that is the case, that unretiring or continuing to work is a question of, you know, your decision and not out of necessity, right? Yeah, of course. We want to we st- keep the mind sharp, keep the body active, mm-hmm. and hey, tell you, your father thank you for his service. Will do, yes. Um, and look, one of the biggest things uh, that I think about when I prepare for this show is I, I want to just continue to help our, our listeners um, by just helping to make sure that their financial picture is as strong as possible. And I want everyone to just continue remembering, because we mentioned this on every show, these these tax cuts, these discounts that President Trump put into place, they are going to be expiring in just around two years. Mm-hmm. And just to put this into perspective, um, think about it this way. What if I told everyone that your withdrawals from your retirement accounts are going to have an additional 3% fee, an additional 3% fee. I bet if we all heard that news, millions of people would call up their 401k company and start asking, what's going on here? Yeah. Maybe start tearing into them. What's going on? Asking a bunch of questions. What, you know, uh, you guys are charging me a 3% fee. Uh, well, guess what? At the end of 2025, which is quickly approaching, the 12% tax bracket is jumping 3% to 15%. And look, it's simple math here. The number 15 is 25% larger than the number 12. So we're going to be paying the government not not a 25% tax. It's it's a 25% additional um, because the uh, because of the differential between those two figures for when we make withdrawals from our retirement savings, like our 401ks and our IRAs, even on our income because those withdrawals are taxed as ordinary income. So if you've heard me talking about how taxes are going up, but you've just kind of been procrastinating because maybe your, your life is just super busy every other time you heard me talking about it, I would suggest carving out some time because this could translate into a lot of money in extra taxes that you might be needlessly handing right over to the government Um and, and and there's things that we could do. We could switch some money into a Roth IRA. And even now in 2023, there's still a little bit of time left um, because you could be giving the IRS tens of thousands of dollars uh, less throughout your retirement by switching money to to at these lower tax rates and enjoying the tax free growth that a Roth can offer. So what I would love to do at this point in the show is to help out my my greater Philadelphia, South Jersey, Delaware communities the best way I possibly can. And that's by offering my services 100% complimentary. And as much as I would love to help every single person listening right now, there's there's only so much time in the day. So this offer is just going to be for folks age 50 through 75. And for folks who have saved at least $250,000 
uh, for their retirement. It could be spread out amongst you and your spouse. I don't care. Things like 401ks, uh, IRAs, retirement accounts, 457s, uh, 403bs, all of that counts. Savings accounts at the banks, credit unions, CDs, uh, all of that qualifies for the 250. And what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to build you your very own comprehensive, we're talking retirement plan, investment plan, and tax plan, all rolled into one. We're talking about one-stop shopping here for this. And what I'm going to do is teach you techniques that can help in maximizing how you claim your Social Security benefits. I'm going to show you techniques that can that can help in, in generating that monthly income that we talk about every show, uh, where your investments um, can can provide that fresh cash flow to help pay your bills. You're going to need to pay bills throughout the rest of your retirement, regardless of stock market conditions. Um, and we all need that steady source of income that can't run out. We don't want to be running out of money in our 80s or 70s uh, if we, you know, if we make it up there in age. Um, what I'm also going to do is help to take a look at your investments in general. We want to make sure to see if, um, if you might be able to benefit from some of these other instruments that I've been talking about today that are offering these above average interest rates. Uh, I want to make sure also you're not paying any ridiculous fees. If your advisor's not telling you what fee you're paying, I'll, I'll surely tell you. Um, because we don't want to be having an advisor charging a fee and then having 40% of your money in, in low paying uh, bond funds or ETFs. Not fair to you. And I'm also going to take a look at these Roth IRAs, Roth conversions. Remember, guys, you can make any amount of money to take advantage of a Roth conversion. That's not the one with the, the income limitations. That's a contribution. We're talking about conversions. And um, we've talked about this on, on previous shows too, is that the money that your kids inherit as a Roth, it doesn't need to be claimed as taxable income on their personal income tax return. If they, if they, let's say they inherit the money, you know, when you pass away in your mid 80s, let's say your, your kids are grown and they'll be in their mid 50s at that point. I'm telling you right now, you don't want to have your retirement savings money needing to be claimed as income on your kids' personal income tax returns because they might already be in a high tax bracket, uh, you know, before they need, and then they need to claim all of your 401k or IRA income on top of, as income on top of that. So that's just too much. Uh, and if they're in, also inheriting money from their in-laws, you know, the IRS could be easily taking 40% of your investment account balances when, because of this phenomenon that happens when your kids inherit the money from you. I mean, look, the Roth, it's our number one defense against all this. And, you know, I'll also be helping you to plot out other things too, like these RMDs. We, we need to be having a plan set up so we can mathematically, computers are able to help and do wonders with this, to mathematically just help us in planning ahead so that we can actually keep the largest amount possible of the money that we worked really hard for uh, to, to accumulate and also to invest really good. We want to make sure that the IRS gets the absolute least portion of that. So we're keeping the most. 
If you have questions or concerns about reaching your retirement goals, then give the Retire Ready Financial Group a call, 610-894-7415, or visit us online at retirereadyfg.com. Retire Ready Wealth Management is not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if Retire Ready Wealth Management is licensed in your state, please call 610-704-2792. Retire Ready Wealth Management is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through James Cipriati, Pennsylvania Insurance License 366900. Investment advisory services offered through Impact Partnership Wealth LLC, a Securities and Exchange Commission registered investment advisor firm. IPW and Retire Ready Financial Group are non affiliated firms. Registration is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean the advisor has achieved a specific level of skill or ability. Investing involves risk. There's always the potential of losing money when you invest in securities. Asset allocation, diversification, and rebalancing do not ensure a profit or protect against loss in declining markets. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. IPW, its affiliates, and its investment advisor representatives do not provide legal tax or accounting advice. You should consult your legal and or tax professionals before making any financial decisions. Please be advised that you may conduct securities transactions only by speaking directly with your investment advisor representative, either by phone or in person.